Blog Talk Radio. psychology in daily life. Today's topic is about slowing down. How can slowing down make us uh, more efficient? First thing I want to do is welcome you to the program. It's uh, great to have you here. And uh, bear with me just a moment here. I'm just attending to something so we have a smooth operation this morning. And uh, if you're listening to the archive program, thank you for listening in. We are now approaching 5,000 listens on the program. It's really exciting to host this show. And uh, you can call in any time if you're listening live at area code 347-945-7891. That's 347-945-7891. And if you are listening to the archive program, uh, please spread the word through our Facebook page, our Twitter account. Uh, you can find everything linked from our uh homepage here on Blog Talk Radio. So here we are talking about slowing down to be more efficient. Well, what does that mean? We live in a very fast-paced world, and uh, this world is kind of uh, requires of us to move faster to keep up with it. The problem is, is that our productivity and our efficiency goes down as a result. And why is that so? And what, what is this paradox about slowing down to become more productive and more efficient? Well, I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, are familiar with the uh, parable of the tortoise and the hare. And uh, we know we all grew up with this story of the race between the tortoise and the hare, and the hare being the fastest you know, creature of the two, um, you know, predictably outrunning the slow-moving tortoise in this long race, foot race. But of course, you know, the tortoise takes his time and the hare encounters all kinds of pitfalls because of moving too quickly. And slowly but surely, the tortoise makes its way to the finish line uh, unimpeded. And this is really a good, you know, metaphor for the way we live, particularly now in this fast information technology age. We are so distracted by uh, input and stimulation that, in fact, makes us less productive because we're too scattered. And uh, much like the the hare, we're darting about from thing to thing and task to task, 
and really getting none of them done as efficiently as we might if we were slowing down. I want to get into something a little bit more reflective, if you will, or contemplative about slowing down. But just on the on on the face right now, discussing how we move about in the world and uh, what our MO is, uh, our modus operandi, in terms of our daily lives. I'll address that first. And again, please feel free to call in or ask any questions uh, on the chat forum if you want to log in on the website. So what does it mean that we move around so quickly and we're so distracted and how Studies have shown that um, what presumably was there to make us more productive uh, with uh, information technology, um, such as personal computers and tablets, etc., um, and that was allowed, you know, the, much like the mechanization and the mass production um, that was ushered in with the Industrial Revolution, the uh, scientific management approach was devised and designed to um, allow us presumably more leisure time, at least for the leisure class, definitely not for the working class. However, this has backfired with information technology because the technology has become so efficient and so pervasive that now we are a slave to the technology itself and we have to catch up with the technology. And so what does that mean? It means that, you know, previously, uh, when you wanted to make a phone call or write a letter, you had to call the person directly. You had to, um, let's start with, say, the 1950s, 60s. You could leave a, a voice message on a tape answering machine. Um, but even before that, calls were, had to made, be made directly, and, and even earlier on in the 20th century, through operators. Messages could be left through an answering service, and otherwise you were out um, and about, there's my Canadian accent, out and about, uh, free to pursue whatever activities you, you want to do or working during the day unimpeded and undisturbed by the constant barrage of phone calls, which means that you could focus on what you're doing at hand. And um, if someone wanted to write you a letter, they had to write it by hand, longhand, and or typed it out, and it had to be sent via the post. And so this process required more attention. It required penmanship. It required better grammar. It required more direct communication, uh, more thoughtful communication, because you couldn't uh, edit on the fly and you couldn't take things back or resend a letter, you know, like an email now. And so with technology being so fast now and so pervasive and so instantaneous, it's, uh, it's actually changed the way we communicate. But that's a whole other uh, topic for another show. But essentially what I'm getting at is that the idea that we would be freed up by being more efficient with the technology has backfired. And what it's done is just increased our workload. And uh, many of you, if not all of you, are in your work lives or daily lives that um, the portal for communication which is a portal for work and tasks and things that need your attention, has now widened exponentially from where it once was. And so it makes it very difficult to focus on just the simple things in front of you 
um, be they work or, or your children or making a meal, because you're constantly bombarded by things that need your attention, and, um, and we become a slave to activity. So now we are kind of crossing into the area that I want to discuss today around um, slowing down and what that means. So the first part is just to recognize how powerful it is to uh, make time for yourself where you're not rushing about. And in that process, whether it be through just quiet reflection, uh, mindful meditation, going for a walk, just some daily silence, you will notice how busy your mind is you will notice the absence of all that activity, of all the constant phone calls, text messages, emails, etc. This is apart from the, the demands on you in your daily life. And you will notice in that silence and in that space how much of your waking time is unconscious because it is taken up by this activity. And as you make space, maybe over a period of time, or maybe within that time that you set aside itself, you will notice other things happening. Your emotions, your reflections on your life, your perhaps um, unfulfilled needs or wishes, um, negative emotions arising, etc. So this is the benefit of, say, meditation or any sort of reflective, contemplative uh, thought or time set aside for yourself. And it's not until you or slow down, that you realize how busy you really are. And it's not even the activity in your life, it's how busy your mind is, how preoccupied we are with uh, so many mundane things, that it's only until we slow down that we really notice what's most important. And of course, this is marked very dramatically for us by events in our lives that we have over which we have no control, illness, death in our family, um you know, financial disasters, um, all of these things that are part of our modern life, well, life in general, but certainly, you know, modern life in terms of um, technological problems or problems with our work communications, um, that it's only when catastrophe strikes that we slow down and pause to reflect on what's really truly important. And of that, the most important thing, of course, is your relationship with yourself. And when we say relationship with yourself, we don't mean some fixed notion of self uh, based on ego or character. We're talking about the relationship with your mind, with your consciousness, um, with that which um, we believe to be the self, but uh, that which really has no form. It is just waking consciousness conscious awareness, if you will. And so you can see how powerful and how um, distilled down we can get from all of those layers of distraction and um, all those accoutrements of, of, our, of our lives. And the more we peel back and the more we slow down, the more that we are coming back to the stillness of that pure essence of what we are. And our mind really is limitless limitless space. It is just what is called in meditation bare awareness or bare attention, bare consciousness, without content, without form. It just is. And so there this is the the power of being, 
a human being rather than a human doing, as it's said. So let's recap. Let's talk about efficiency and productivity, and which are all words that are, are um, structured in terms of work and output and essentially making profit or making your way vocationally, professionally, earning money. But our birthright is not simply to um, produce and consume. Our birthright is happiness and to engage in, in uh, conscious, healthy relationships and to fulfill the gift of, of the precious gift of living and of life and of health and of um, reaching higher consciousness and giving and receiving love. So if that is our highest task, and that is our birthright, and that is our true purpose, then it gives us pause to look at how productive we're being on that front. How connected are we with our loved ones? How efficient are we at communicating the most important things through all the distractions and haze of uh, emails and work and our multitude of you know, sources of, of input of communication, the constant barrage. And so this is a very good question to ask yourself every day. What is the most important and how am I addressing that and how am I functioning in a way that prioritizes that above all else? And so when you make this your practice to slow down, it puts you in touch directly with that interconnectivity with those core values of being connected, with uh, relating as a beating heart of, uh, of compassion. And that this is your true purpose, not to be more productive at work. And, the, and work is important, and our obligations to our family and to our community, all important things, very important. We do have to function in the world in a practical sense. Uh, but in the end, none of those things will, all those things will fade away when it comes our time to go let go of our physical selves or if something unforeseen happens to us in the course of our lives where we lose our health or or our mobility etc and life changes things can be taken away so how do we apply that slowing down in in those in both those practical ways and those fundamental ways well as an aikido uh, practitioner and teacher I'm constantly working on myself and, and, and teaching my students to slow down. And if, for those of you who may have seen the, uh, the groundbreaking Matrix uh, feature films, the trilogy of films made by the Wachowski brothers, um, th they introduced this uh, very high-speed but slow-motion um, photography and uh, that they dubbed um, bullet time. And so in the films you can see in the, in the first Matrix where the lead character Neo gets a, bar, a bullet gets fired at him because he has now uh, broken through. I won't give away the film if you've never seen the film, but essentially something happens to Neo and he connects to a higher level of awareness and consciousness, and and from the normal everyday waking consciousness, and is able to see the path of the bullet. It's like the bullet is coming in slow motion and he's able to move as if it's moving at a snail's pace. Now, this is an interesting paradox. And um, it brings to mind this favorite quote of mine, which, is, uh, which relates to communicating and, and 
slowing down, and that is think quickly and speak slowly. I always love that phrase. The less you say, the more you communicate. And so you can process a lot in your mind. In fact, we're doing this all the time. If you if you read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's terrific book called Blink, he outlines a number of case studies and a bunch of research and uh, anecdotes that um, show how we are sub-processing uh, way below our conscious awareness, uh, in some cases very in- instantaneously, all kinds of routines about assessing people and sizing up situations and um, looking at things physically and orienting them in space and how we perform in sports and all these different areas of our lives without even knowing it, we're doing this. It's a fantastically complex organism and consciousness. And so we have the ability to do that, uh, to slow down and thus see what's happening around us in a much more controlled and calm way. And this is very evident in Aikido, for example. You'd think if you slow down, someone's just going to get to you quicker. But in fact, what it does is it allows you to move calmly, if you have to move at all, and uh, in tandem with the, the partner. And you're able to anticipate their movements or at least read their movements and move with exquisite timing, with practice, um, so that you create more time. As you create distance and space from the attack, for example, you create, you, you lengthen the, the, the interval between when they intend to attack and when they actually get there. And in that interval, the time becomes half, 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 and space becomes doubled. So you see this paradox. And um, in that time and space that you've created um, uh, more distance and slowed down time, um, you have the advantage because you are able to um, move in a way that adapts to what's happening in front of you without the other person even knowing it. And then, of course, that becomes much quicker and much shorter. But in the early stages, you have to see it moving in large movements uh, to see what's happening. One of the ways we demonstrate that, for example, is that when you move in a circular fashion, when you are in the center and someone is attacking and you turn with the attack, they have to come all the way around the circumference. And so we're going back to basic physics here, and I'm assuming most of you understand the concept, but you, we've all done it in the playground where you are running around, someone's on the carousel in the playground, and you try and jump on as the carousel is moving, and you get whipped around the, the perimeter. It kind of spins you off like a top. And that's because of centrifugal force and because this force is exerting outwards from the center and pushes outwards. If you've ever gone to the, uh, um, I can't remember what the name of it is now, but there was a there was a, a ride at the amusement park that was based on centrifugal force. It was like a giant drum and it spun at a certain speed that created negative uh, gravity. And so it would push you and pin you against the wall as the drum spinned, and you kind of kind of climb around upside down because the negative g-force was holding you to the wall. So this is all very fascinating, um, and I hope you're enjoying the program today. Um, I think I'm going to end it there. I just give you a lot of things to consider in terms of how you communicate, how, but basically how you operate internally as you move through the world. And think about this when you've got many, many, many things to do and you feel very stressed out, of course, your brain is getting hijacked by um, adrenaline and other hormones, and uh, you can get a little bit of fear or panic setting in, and and that, of course, um, takes you out of a calm, rational 
directed, focused, uh, efficient brain state into one of uh, more of a fight or flight response. And that very simply makes you less productive. So if you particularly are more busy and really stressed out, that is the time to slow down. Then you can see things more clearly, you can create more space, and you can handle things one at a time. Now, oftentimes when I'm counseling people, they say, but you don't understand, I've got this and this and this and this, and this is happening in my relationship, and that's the time you need to slow down. Because then you can see everything from the center and address them one at a time more efficiently. Well, I hope the show has helped you today. As always, uh, I enjoy doing this program greatly and um, still waiting for more people to join in um, by calling in, but I understand we're in different time zones and um, it's not easy for everyone to jump on the radio in the middle of their day. Um, But I do appreciate you listening to the podcast if you are listening on iTunes or from Blog Talk Radio. My name is Michael Gordon. This has been The Mind Whisperer. Please uh, find us on Facebook under The Mind Whisperer and on Twitter. And uh, let us know what your thoughts are about the program, the topics you might find interesting, people you might suggest as a guest. And uh, we look forward to having you here next time on The Mind Whisperer. Take care. You and I jumped right in it Took no time for reckoning Tortured picture we became